Blog Talk Radio.
takes us beyond just experiencing the pain or the disappointment or the, um, you know, the it didn't happen the way I wanted it to or I'm sick or whatever. Once you recognize that, then when you keep it going, well, this is how I feel about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And that shows that all these emotions start driving your life. So if you let the emotions drive instead of knowing what's really the spiritual truth, right, then you end up feeling or experiencing suffering. So it's a perfect tie-in there to you last go. week. Yeah, that is true because the event itself, a year anniversary, does not insist upon it. Has no suffering. power. It has no power. It has no context. Has you no could even honor it story. as, wow, this was a day that now has changed my life forever. Isn't that cool? Yes, yes, that would have been an option. I didn't choose that one. Yet. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. December 10th isn't that's here right. yet. That's right. I could, you could still choose that. Cool myself. That. That's right. That's right. Now that you've and gone I, through the suffering, that, when you release the suffering <laughs> on December 10th, you'll be like, how cool is joyful? That's right, that's right, a year, a survival year. So so maybe uh, so maybe that's a little tease in. We can take the break and I'll come back and talk about maybe a serendipitous event, which may not be serendipitous. So I'll have to hear your thoughts on uh, if my interpretation of serendipitous is correct. Perfect. your spiritual path and um i do have a definition do you have a definition or two uh well let me tell you my story because if my story doesn't fit the definition then i'll be embarrassed and ashamed and i won't tell my story okay so I'll tell the story the first and then we'll make the definition fit <laughs> thank you rather than my idea of making the story wrong um so again just in context of the last i don't know five days literally you know on the couch asleep any moment that I didn't have to be doing somewhere, doing something. And so in one of my kind of stupid moments of kind of sort of waking up, I heard clearly a red bird. Now, some people don't know my history a bit, so I'll say a little bit about this, the idea of a red bird. Initially, when I was growing up, my when my grandmother died, my father's mother died, we had been living in the same house for about 15 years at the time that she died. And the very next season after she died, we had a, a family of redbirds come nest in the backyard. And my mother said, oh, there's Granny, because my grandmother had needlepointed my mother and father a uh, redbird family for their wedding gift. And since we had lived in this house for 15 years, 15 seasons, before Granny's death and never had a family of redbirds come nest. And then we had family of redbirds every year thereafter. So after that, redbirds have always signified Granny and some sort of spiritual, you know, ideal or connection to my family. And in this year of unemployment, I've had really a lot of redbird sightings and really interesting um, experiences with physical, like, 10, 15 redbirds showing up and redbirds swooping down in front of my car at various times, just really interesting. And see, and I think of that as serendipitous 
And I thought of that yesterday laying there, and I thought, well, I'm just hearing things. And, you know, then I kind of woke myself up and made myself sit up. And it was really a red bird, and it's very unusual for me to hear any kind of bird when it's cold outside. They're not out there chirping. So I really took that as sort of a message of, don't give up. <laughs> the, the red birds are still here. They're just hibernating. <laughs> so, uh, so I think that is a real sign of encouragement. And I guess um, serendipity makes me think of coincidences. And coincidences, they say in 12-step programs, or God's way of saying anonymous. So it's like kind of God coming into my world and, and giving me encouragement or giving me comfort um, and me acknowledging that it is a spiritual kind of intervention. Yeah, and, and your grandmother really is looking out for you right. and snap out of it, okay? Get over yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That could be the idea. Or maybe she would say, be more likely to say, uh, I love you, Leslie. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I would be the one coming back and say, See, that's why I didn't call you. I have chosen my friends to call. I'll just get on that pity pot with me. Oh, it's terrible, Leslie. I'm so sorry to anyone. <laughs> I'm not ready to get off of the couch quite yet. So there you go. But it, would that be now? Read us the definitions, because I'm curious if that is an official. You could example. use that as an example. You could use it as an example of serendipity. I'll read you several okay. examples or okay. definitions. So uh, serendipity is good luck in making unexpected and fortunate discoveries. Okay. Serendipity is the effect by which one accidentally stumbles upon something fortunate, mm. especially while looking for something entirely unrelated. So okay. looking for um, ammunition of why I should deserve to be depressed on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Giving me some giving other message, something different. Different message. Um, another definition is uh, serendipity is the is an aptitude for making desirable discoveries by accident, kind of like a pattern or oh, see, I like you that. Know, that you, you know, it's serendipity those out. Is that um, that you have an aptitude for? I think it's more like when we did the show on intuition. Okay. You know, people who really follow their intuition that listen to the voice within mm-hmm. might also, others might look at them as, wow, they, serendipity just follows them everywhere they go because they seem to have an aptitude or a continued uh, experience of these um, discoveries but really, it's them following their intuition, mm-hmm. and it's you know the message coming through. Um, and then, as a noun, serendipity is good, just good fortune or luck. For example, the luck. serendipity of getting the first job she applied for. Okay, so it's just okay, luck. Oh, this is interesting. The origin of the word serendipity. Horace Walpole so named a faculty possessed by the heroes of a fairy tale called the Three Princes of Serendip. Mm. And so in the in this in this fairy tale, the three princes of Serendip always had these good things happen to them and it began to be called serendipity. Interesting. Yeah, I like the now you're going to have to start telling us the origin of all the words. No, I don't. Yeah. No, no. It is not a requirement. I like that, though. That is interesting because it's such a strange... The word always makes me smile. I don't know. It just makes me happy. Well, it's serendipity. It just makes me like... It's, well, it's pretty. And when you say it like that, it I makes do. me think of dippity-doo. <laughs> So I have a, a belief that 
when you say yes to spirit, no. When I say yes to spirit <laughs> and I'm paying attention, so I'm really making a strong connection with intuition mm-hmm. and with meditation and with mm-hmm. when I'm doing all the things that make me receptive mm-hmm. to how God shows up in the world and especially in my life, mm-hmm. then all kinds of things seem to happen that seem to be serendipity occurring. Mm -hmm. And so you know how in your devotions you always have a line, I have a hunch that, you know, and Mm -hmm. then about God. It's like I have a hunch that serendipity is our natural state of being. Oh, yes. Yes. That it's not. That it's not. (laughs) Yes. You know, it's really not. Yes. A miracle. It's really not yes. unusual. Yes. It's just that normally we're not yes. paying attention. Yes, that's exactly right. So yes. I'm I'm thinking of um yes. my last week. I'm glad you actually had an example that linked suffering to serendipity because I really <laughs> didn't have anything that I could say I experienced suffering in the last week. I could go back and look at it, you know, for a past example. Mm-hmm. But in the last week, I really haven't been in that state of suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, right. but I... <laughs> go ahead. I just said in the last I'm week. Happy for you. You were doing enough suffering I'm for both for of you. us. That's right. You really, it sounds mm-hmm. like you were doing enough suffering <laughs> for both of us. Um, but I do have an example of serendipity that happened a week ago okay. because I asked one of our our licensed practitioners to pray for me to do a prayer to offer a prayer because I was I was experiencing cold and flu symptoms and they had been going on for four or five days and I wasn't really you know overwhelmed by them I wasn't really totally I wasn't sick enough to stop. But I also wasn't well enough to to have full energy and to feel good. Mm-hmm. And after four or five days of that, it's like, oh no, okay, this has to go. I'm not. I'm not. <clears> this <throat> is not me. Yes. Yeah. This, this is, is not. You know. No. So, um, but the serendipity part of the serendipitous experience was that the prayer was that was offered was so pure and powerful, and I was so open to it Mm -hmm. that during the prayer, I actually had a moment where I was, I felt, I really knew that I was healed at that moment. You had a physical experience. I had a physical, spiritual, emotional, and chemical experience, and I felt all four levels of that. Were you taking drugs? Right before the <laughs> funny, funny, mm-hmm. and um, and so that wasn't the serendipitous part because I asked for the prayer. All right, I knew I was experiencing illness, and I had the physical. I had the experience of every sh- everything shifting on four levels: chemical, emotional, physical, and spiritual. So that was okay. Prayer, you're open to it. You're supposed to. You expect. Some demonstration from that prayer. Mm-hmm. What was serendipitous was that as I went through the week, I realized that that healing, that sense of healing, that sense of clearing out was so powerful that it was not just impacting my physical. <gasps> I know health. what you're going to say. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, right. It was impacting mm. everything yes. else. Yes. That was fuzzy or that had been a barrier or that wasn't going smoothly. And that felt like serendipity because, you know, it was like, oh, five things happened that brought money into my my life, four of which I was not expecting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, or, you know, a contract or or a request from a client to put together something that will lead to money and, you know, that they're not bidding out. Mm-hmm. It's like, we want to hire you, but we just need you to write down the proposal, you know. It's like, oh, now that all felt like serendipity. Like, oh, isn't this fortunate and isn't wow. this great and isn't this fabulous that this is happening? Wow. And until this conversation, I mean, I, I started getting it to, over the weekend or toward the end of the week that 
wow, this is happening because I asked for prayer for this one thing. Mm -hmm. And I got so in alignment with, you know, spirit and with God in my life Mm -hmm. that everything else has to clear out too. All the the fears about money had to go. All the Mm -hmm. fears about relationships Mm -hmm. had to go. Mm. Um, mm. And that felt like serendipity because mm. I wasn't really looking for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely was a good fortune. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I have a hunch that <laughs> God is always at the ready mm-hmm. to provide everything we need. And to us it feels like serendipity or to us it right. feels like a miracle because we've been stuck in false beliefs, we've been stuck in fear, we've been stuck in making up a story that isn't really true, but we believe it. Right, right. We're interpreting things in our in our interpretation, you know, is one down. And I love what you say that you couldn't have, in some ways, you couldn't have a complete physical healing without everything going in alignment. And right. I, and I think that is I think that is exactly the design of life and that in a strange way when when we try to compartmentalize and say, Okay, I just I just want healing for my job or I'm just gonna ask for treatment for you know, for my headache or you know but in a strange way, if I, if I'm not asking for some sort of holistic healing, then I'm just kind of shifting my malady or shifting my malaise from fearful about job, fearful about money, fearful about relationship, fearful about house. You know, okay, well, let's just clear all that. And I think that's how it's designed to work. Well, and I, I think if I if I have migraine headaches, or not even migraine headaches, let's keep it simple. I have a headache mm-hmm. and I ask for healing for that headache. Mm-hmm. I think that's okay to do, understanding that whatever is contributing to that headache, whether it's physical, whether, but whatever internally is contributing, Mm -hmm. whether it's physical, whether it's mental, you know, whether it's um, emotional, if I ask for healing from that headache, then, yeah, I'm looking for a physical sign, but really for it to be healed, all this other stuff has to get healed too. The fears I have, the Mm -hmm. story I have made Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. about, oh, whenever the weather changes, I get sinus problems and my head hurts. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, for it to truly be healed, all of that gets cleared out. I may not know to ask for healing of my emotional or the false story that I've been telling myself Mm -hmm. that whenever I go to work, this particular person gives me a headache. Mm -hmm. You know, that's an emotional thing that I need healing Mm -hmm. from for the headache to really go away. Right. But the only thing I'm looking for is, did my headache go away? And so, yeah, it keeps coming back because I haven't cleaned out all the other stuff. Or I get full healing and I don't even realize I'm not having that emotional kickback anymore because mm-hmm. all I was looking mm-hmm. for was the physical symptom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the other is just a natural byproduct. You get the Yeah, I think sometimes you don't know because uh, the opposite could be true too. If I ask for healing of all things that are wrong with me or all mm-hmm. things that I'm interpreting as wrong with me or all things that I don't like, mm-hmm. that's so big it's hard to direct the spiritual energy. It's the hard law. to direct the law. Because then the law is working on everything, and it's working on it, you know, but you can't really tell because it's so diffuse. It's so dispersed throughout all the different things that you may be feeling, thinking, experiencing. So I think like when we pray for best and highest good, that's Mm -hmm. in all things. Or we say just, you know, life is really good right now, and I want to release any known and unknown fears that are slowing down my progress. Mm-hmm. Well, the known fears I may know to look for and unknown I don't, but that's still pretty broad. 
because it could be dealing with the fear that got planted when I was three years old that I'm not even aware of. Mm-hmm. So I think there are, t- there are times for both. Yeah, I'm really interested in this because I think this is I think this is interesting because I do think I'm thinking that when I'm praying for just one healing of one thing or one correction or remembering of my wholeness. I'm wondering if I'm not just shifting it to something different. And if I just really kind of looked at, ah, you know, I want to claim it all right here, right now. Yeah, I think it's a both and. Mm -hmm. And I think we do shift um, some things. Mm -hmm. I think that's really true. I was reading in, um, I think it was in Creative Science, Creative Mind and Success. I'm almost sure it was in there. Yes. The author, <laughs> serendipitously, she found it. Turned right to the page. Yeah, you know, it helps that I was doing homework uh-huh. yesterday. <laughs> the author once attended a patient who was suffering from a large growth. She was operated on and about 50 pounds of water were removed. Ew. In a few days, the growth returned. Where did it come from? Not from eating or drinking. And in this case, neither did it move from one part of the body to another, as that would not have increased her weight. It must have been created from elements she took in from the air. I mean, a doctor would say that. Or uh, actually it had to come from something not physically seen, something appearing from nothing that we see. And it's in that case, I think you know that just reminds me of what you were saying. We've both read stories about or you know reports of people who have um cancer removed, and either the same cancer returns or it appears in another part of the body that's unusual- especially when that's unusual. I mean we now know the pattern of malignant cancers, and that if you don't get it all like you know from a western medical perspective, it will show back up. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, we pray for the cancer surgery to be successful. Mm-hmm. But we didn't pray for healing whatever it was that we might have been thinking or believing that contributed to it. So I don't heal the re- the resentment I have mm-hmm. about people treating me a certain way or the false belief I have that I'm not ever good enough. Mm-hmm. Or if I don't heal that, it's going to keep coming back in cancer or, you know, a car wreck or, you know, a stumping of the toe every day. Right. So I could pray the for the surgery. High. Yes. Yeah, I could pray for the surgery to be <clears throat> successful. Correct. And it can and be. And it can be. But, but that doesn't mean I heal. Right, right, right. That's two different things. Mm-hmm. And I do think there's a, uh, that's a huge Ooh. thing. That's a huge thing. Yeah, so you could uh, pray to have enough energy to get off the couch and have enough discipline to stop eating pie. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You could pray for that. Uh-huh. But if you don't pray for the healing of the general malady, the fear, or the... Like, the always working against me? Right. That, that, then that would it's going to come back in some other way. <laughs> that would be the idea, to get rid of that story. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, and I do think with that, and I think we spend a lot of time putting that Band-Aid on the, you know, oozing wound and getting some relief from that. There is absolutely some relief from getting that 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 external issue resolved. But if that internal inner belief isn't changed, then I have a devotion that talks a little bit about what you were talking about earlier in terms of that, you know, God is always. Mm-hmm. trying to present to us good things. It's whether or not we're able to receive and, and whether or not we're looking for it. Yep. God bless you. As he took the four quarters out of my hand, I looked into mm-hmm. his eyes. God bless you. I rarely stop long enough to look at those I give money to on the street. Yesterday, as I connected to this older man, I really felt the blessing of God come to me through him. I was having a difficult day, and as I rolled my window down, I wondered what life circumstance led this man to this street corner. I was focused on his story right up to the point that he said, God bless you. 
This is a common thing people on the street say, and most times they're just saying it as I am rolling up my window and turning my radio back on. But today I stopped and really looked at this older, dirty, possibly homeless man who is giving me God's blessing. I realize God's blessing does come to me right when I need it, but it may come in a way I don't readily recognize. I have a hunch God is constantly pushing love, blessing, life, and beauty toward me, but I may be too busy rolling up my window and turning my radio back on to notice. Today I stopped and let myself connect with a stranger I thought was I thought I was helping. Never did I think he had an even greater gift to give me. Mm, nice. Yeah, but that is interesting, isn't it? We don't really look. You know, sometimes we expect things in a certain place. Lawrence Block, quote, mm. Serendipity. Look for something else. No, look for something. Find something else and realize that what you found is more suited to your needs than what you thought you were looking for. Ooh, I like that. Isn't that Say that great? again. Say that again, huh? Serendipity. Look for something, find something else, and realize that what you have found is more suited to your needs than what you thought you were looking for. Right, right. Makes me think of a country song, uh, Unanswered Prayer, that in a strange way, and, and this is an interesting philosophical banter we can have, and you being a, a, a practitioner in training might be able to offer me some insight on. Or not. Or not. No pressure to be the wise one. Um, that, you know, this idea of the law being, you know, I put out my thought or my request, and it's like electricity. It turns on and it starts working on it immediately. And um, and I certainly believe that. I believe I could manifest anything if I really set my mind to it, that that is certainly how thought takes action, you know, takes form and then creates life. Um, but then the idea that then I, I could really set forth my design on something that perhaps is not my highest good. I might think of it as my highest good at the time. Right. But it's really not in a um, highest good for all of mankind, highest good kind of thing. And so I understand the law to say that the law has no mind. The law has no, you know, no judgment. No judgment. It'll, you know, you want a pink car, it gives you a pink car. You want a red car, it gives you a red car. So, but 12 Steps programs have taught me, you know, that there is, you know, this higher being that has sort of a, an interest or, a, you know, a design for my greatest good, you know, a loving, nurturing kind of sense of essence out there that's, again, kind of trying to work towards, you know, trying to help me find the best for myself. Mm-hmm. So if something isn't, if I'm really focused on one thing and thinking this is what I need and then I don't get that and I get something different, as your little quote said, and, you know, do I see that as, you know, God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself, which is a 12-step slogan, or, you know, not slogan, it's a promise that if you work the 12 steps, you get these promises, and one of them is that God will do for you what you can't do for yourself, meaning, you know, there's things you don't even know you need that God will do, and, or how does that go against this idea that, you know, the law is just like churning out my thoughts and has no um, interest, really. It has no interest in me. It just, you know, plays it, out it, my thoughts. It, it, it takes in what you are very clearly saying you want. Right. Um, well, it is interesting, and there are a couple of things came to mind when I was listening to you, and this is really just thinking about it, not necessarily feeling like I know this is the answer. The answer. <laughs> right. <laughs> This is like thinking in real time. Um, well, there are a couple of things. One, that, that piece of, you know, that, um, you know, God knows what's best for me and has a plan for me. Well, God has a plan, but at least what we believe in science of mind uh-huh. and in new thought in general is that absolutely God has a plan, and that is that you get to choose. Uh, my plan. God's that plan you, is my plan. Right, that you get to choose and that the answer will be yes, and that you can choose anything as long as it's, you know, what you want and it doesn't hurt other people um, in general. And um, 
And obviously we have people who choose things like, well, I'm going to choose to murder someone. Mm -hmm. And you think, well, that hurts other people, so why would, quote, unquote, God let that happen? You know, so there's this also this bigger overlay of why would somebody have cancer. We've had that conversation and we'll probably have that conversation again. So I don't want to go down that angle of the conversation. But that bigger picture of is there a bigger design and so is that what serendipity is? And I think I think uh-huh. that the serendipity is that we have a deep desire for something and it is a deep need for something but it's but we may be unconscious of it, mm-hmm. but we still have that deep desire or need, and the law picks up on that. And so it almost like up. the Christ consciousness within us is also emitting exactly. a signal whether we're aware of it or not. Exactly. And and when we get out of the way... That's pretty good, old Tracy. <laughs> like that. And so when we get out of the way with our humanness... Yes, let, let go... That that, that, Christ that deepest energy. desire oh, is right there so with so much power yes. that the universe it's has to say yes. In any of it, yes. Oh, yes. Or the universe puts it there so that we can put something in yes. our path yes. that we can choose or not choose. Mm. And then we see it and we go, oh, yeah, I really would like to have uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. But we also could have looked at it, and if we were in our humanness, uh-huh. might have looked at it and said, oh, that's nice, but, you know, I don't really want a red car. I want a black car. Uh-huh. And so sometimes things are right in front of us, and we still don't choose them, or we don't recognize We it. don't recognize We don't recognize right. that person could be really helpful in our lives, or that person might be a really good friend that we're in class with. Uh-huh. And then, you know, a year later, you might have another class, and that person is right next to you again, and you go, wow, how come I didn't connect with you last year? I mean, you know, now both of you you have grown or Mm -hmm. have experiences, but let's just say they really haven't changed that much. But you have changed, Mm -hmm. or you're in a different place. You're not clouded by some ego-driven something. Mm -hmm. And you go, wow. That Leslie is really cool. I want to make. I want to be a prayer partner with her. I want to learn something from her. You know, I Leslie was right there a year ago because the universe knew I had this deep desire mm-hmm. to do an internet to do something. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> so we can use us, even though uh-huh. we didn't know we uh-huh. didn't know each other a year earlier. Uh-huh. But yeah, let's say that. Well, we were both involved at the center, but uh-huh. our paths just had not crossed. Right, right, right. And so, you know, yeah, was it serendipity mm-hmm. that brought us together, like Catherine encouraging you or you, you coming mm-hmm. to a session that I did or mm-hmm. whatever? Well, yeah, it is interesting, and I do think it is, um, well, because how you and I met is a good example of that. Because really I had this feeling, and it was at the Harvest Ritual in (laughs) November of last year, a year ago, that you said something about being a trainer and doing this training and it going so well and everything working out perfectly. And I thought, because I had just, you know, in November I still had a job. And I really wanted to to be do do training and wanting, you know, that's my passion. And so I had this little inner voice, this little uh, something Christ consciousness saying, you need to meet her, you need to work for her, you need to be part of her life. And so I actually went up to you after that ritual, introduced myself and said something like, I need to get to know you or something stupid, and I felt bad and stupid and left quickly. And then after I lost my job, <laughs> my prayer partner said to me, one of the women in my song said, you need to meet Tracy Brown. She has, like, a training company, and she could be a mentor to you. Woman that I knew I needed to meet last month. So that was very serendipitous, and that was like, I do believe if I pay attention, oh, and I have a devotion somewhere about this, if I pay attention and I look at things with an open mind, exactly as you say, to uh, to see the signs. I mean, this sounds all sort of like predestiny, and I don't believe in that, but I do believe there's this constant push. Oh, here it is. Here it is. The devotion. Serendipitous. Serendipitous. 
But I do believe that there is something always within me that knows what I'm going to need tomorrow, and it sets up the the stone, you know, sets out the path for that. And still my initial question, though, so you're saying it's both and in science of the mind, because, see, that sounds very unscience of the mind to me, that there's right. some mystical something, a part of me that is, is uh, so in touch with the other, you know, with the the big one, with the ocean one, and, my, you know, my little drop of the ocean is so connected to the big ocean that there's this consistently, uh, consistent thing at work that's working for my good all the time, whether or not my thoughts are in line with that. Well, because the law, so I don't think it's a both and. I just think that's the way it is, that the the law is responding to your deepest desire. And that's not, that's conscious and unconscious thought. Okay, so it's it's conscious and unconscious thought. It's it's which has more weight. So we're both working at the same time. So conscious, the law is paying attention to and responding to conscious and unconscious thought. What happens is that our conscious thought, often we give it more attention and it has more power, whether it's positive or negative, because we're we're conscious of it. We're, we're having feelings about it, uh-huh. and the thought plus the feelings may overpower something that's there. But when that moves or shifts in a way that maybe whatever our conscious thought is over the the unconscious or subconscious thought is still there. And, you know, time and space is a human thing. Right. It doesn't exist in them. So it could be that you have had this deep yearning. You know how when we talk to people, and you've done this as a therapist, you'll be talking to somebody, and for whatever reason they'll go, you know, in the middle of the conversation or maybe after five sessions, they'll say, you know, but ever since I was a little kid, I've always wanted, wanted X, right, yeah. or I've always believed Y. Right. It's like they haven't been living their life on that. But in that moment, all of the stories they've been telling themselves mm-hmm. on a conscious level, mm-hmm. all of the fears they've been feeling, the emotions mm-hmm. that have been blocking that mm-hmm. kind of move away. And there's this little sliver of an opening, and they go, wow, you know. And that's that deepest. Yes yearning that deepest knowing that has been living in them at an unconscious, unconscious. level, right, blocked by the consciousness, but in that moment, it's there. I see what you're saying. And I believe that, that the universe and universal law and God, and it, that that energy can respond in that moment instantaneously. Be- and that's what we call a miracle. And we call it a miracle. But it's not. It's, but it's, it's a not natural design. There's no time and space. Uh-huh. But the power of that feeling yes. coming forth yes. into into consciousness. Right. And we go, wait. I have believed that since I was five years old. Right. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it wasn't there. Uh-huh. It's that we were covering it up or uh-huh. we were, you know... And you know what's so funny you say as a therapist, and yes, and unfortunately what I see is people get these aha moments in therapy of these negative messages that they got from somebody when they were five, and then they see at 55 how they married three different men, and they did it all in a pattern to affirm this message they got when they were five, and they all sit there and they go like, oh my goodness, right, now I see all of this stuff really right. wasn't anything to do with my truth. It was what I bought into when, you know. Right. And now I can release that message and I can, and I can and make different just, choices. And it's gone like that. Because right. then you're like, oh. And then the real truth of me is that I am right. worthy and I am blah, blah, right. blah. And I, am, and I deserve a partner or a spouse who really loves, adores, and cherishes me. Right. And that's always been there. Yes. Deep down inside, behind, it's right. like it's like. Can I see behind the curtain? But yeah, and the Wizard of Oz. It's like we have an outer veil between us and the other side, and then we have this little inner veil between us and our Christ consciousness. I like that idea. And can we just part the veil? Just let the veil go, and let that Christ consciousness come out. 
you know, Eckhart Tolle, that was his kind of experience. I really want that experience. Well, I just wake up one day and I'm just mystified. <laughs> he, he did. I'm shaking my head, but... Um, <laughs> okay, let's the <laughs> So here's the idea of that, that, there is a, that there is things working for us in intuition that we don't even... I'm trying to get us back to where this devotion fits in terms of, you know, signs or there's a natural intuition that's at play if I pay attention. The bitter cold winter signaled a change. The dark clouds rolling one over another. No, no, no. I have to start again. Why don't you start again? I don't think that's quite how that goes. That had the wrong word. The bitter cold weather, there you go, signaled a change. The dark clouds rolling over one another gave fair warning. I watched as the first winter storm rolled in and realized nature herself was giving me ample warning for animals and man to find shelter for her upcoming event. I thought about the natural warnings, intuition, knowings, unexplained hunches that always seem to guide me when I listen. I understand the natural design of life is never to be left out in a winter storm. But if I am not watching for the signals given, I may find myself fighting wind and rain with no coat or umbrella. I have blamed the storm for that in the past, but last night I realized I was the one not paying attention to the signs all around me. I have a hunch God's design of perfection always tells me what I need to prepare for what is ahead. The times I am, invo- I am involved in my daily spiritual practices, I see and respond to the signs. When I am into my own daily practice, I find myself getting wet and cold for no reason. Wow, I like that one. Mm-hmm. So do you think that's true, though, that there are sort of natural knowings that we have about the, you know, take this turn or do that call this person now, and many times we just, I just discount it and say, well, you know, that's an inconvenient time, or they're probably eating dinner, I shouldn't call right now, and then I find out the next day, oh, you know, we were having a fight, man, if you'd called right then, it would have been a good time to have a call. (laughs) So there's all sorts of little things that I think I discount as thinking, oh, that's kind of strange, but really it's a, you know, it's a, it's a inner sign to do something that would help me or somebody else. Right. It's an opportunity to say yes to spirit. To say yes to spirit. Yes. 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 It is a real opportunity. And we know that we get so busy doing the things we do that we miss or ignore or discount a lot of those signs that happen. Subtle little things, right? Yeah, that... um, that could shift our day or, as you said, shift mm-hmm. the, someone else's day, that that was our purpose in that moment. Right. To mm-hmm. be, um, to do something or to be in a certain place at a certain time, to be the pawn in somebody else's chess game. hmm 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 And that is, to me, again, it's a divine pattern of our lives intersecting that is natural, that we're supposed to have that person that, you know, calls us and tells us that one little bit of information that we need to put the whole puzzle together. That you know, we're supposed to have the that. That's the natural design, and that's not a miracle. Have we talked about that? I really want to do a show on that. There's just um, no miracle design or miracles. That there's no miracles. That miracle is the natural design. That the natural well. design is miraculous, and and we sit here and say it's serendipity or it's a coincidence, when actually it is. It is how it's supposed to be. And when somebody has a miraculous healing of a physical condition, it's such an interesting, just a slight shift of mind, but it's such a profound thing to me. It's like they didn't have a healing of that condition. That's not what occurred. They had a remembrance of who they naturally are. The condition never existed to begin with. The condition was an aberration. The cancer was not really... See, this is my thinking. But <laughs> the cancer was a was a was a shadow or a veil or a you know a misinterpretation. The cancer was of, a physical way of showing 
the mental or spiritual mm-hmm. misalignment. See, and I'm just not, I'm not quite there. I don't think, I think, I think the cancer, cancer is like not really there. I mean, it's there. Cause well, we, that's like saying someone's 85 years old, but they're not. And Yeah, they're not. Because we're in a physical, well, <laughs> in the physical right. form, right, 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 it right. does exist. No, I mean, you I know, and that's the place where, that's why we're talking about mysticism next week. <laughs> so, right. but that's the place where, where a lot of new thought, where people think new thought is new age uh-huh. or airy-fairy because they misinterpret that mm-hmm. as, um, like, you have a deep enough understanding that you really, you know, can kind of kind of do the both hands. <laughs> but most people come from a more traditional background right. and say, you know, a lot of things that that are said in new thought um, make it sound as if you say, well, there is no such thing as cancer. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, this person went to the doctor. There was a tumor on the X-ray. <laughs> there's physical <laughs> proof, right? There's right. There's proof. There's <clears throat> evidence. Um, this, you know, the woman who was at the concert Saturday night that we were both at, who is in her mid 90s and is using a walker and has, you know, is not able to support herself. It's like that's physical evidence. Uh-huh. And then you and I also both know that physical evidence is not always the spiritual truth. truth. Right. And so when we get, and I, I mean, what I went, well, I was going to say what I went through in the last eight days with this, you know, I had the prayer. I was very clear. I was healed. The the physical symptoms of cold and flu, uh-huh. Uh-huh. the reality uh, of the the reality of me is that I could not be ill. I was not sick, and if I was in total alignment, I would. It could were, yeah, right, right, right. However, but you still couldn't talk. Well, I right by midweek I had laryngitis, but w- within ten minutes of having that that treatment, I knew I was perfectly healed. Well, the reality is all the physical body symptoms that were that existed. They had to catch up with uh-huh. my realignment, uh-huh. which meant they had to get up and out of my system or uh-huh. down and out of my system, <laughs> out of my body. Uh-huh. And the whole time for six days as I was coughing up phlegm, as I was having to blow my nose, as I was needing, feeling congestion in my chest, as I got laryngitis on Wednesday and Thursday, uh-huh. I never felt sick. I was really aware that mm. this was all of this false evidence Interesting. that existed in physical form having to find a way out of my body because my body was not a safe harbor for it anymore. So I, I had to go through all of that right, right, right. because it didn't just disappear. Right. It just didn't have a home here anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, which is kind of interesting. I mean, we we read about folks who, yeah, they have the X-rays and they have a tumor, and surgery is scheduled, and then they have a miraculous healing, right. and they go back and have X-rays, or they go in for the surgery and they open them up and they go like, there's where nothing here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where, how, mm-hmm. how did it disperse out of your body? Right, right. And see, and I'm interested in turning the conversation just in the world to that's how it's supposed to be. When you see that tumor on the on the X-ray, the natural reaction should be, "What's that doing there? Exactly. That doesn't belong, that belong in my body. I don't know what is that going on. That's not mine." Rather than, "Oh my gosh, I knew that I was feeling that," or "Oh my gosh, cancer runs in my family." Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Let's spread. I'm never going to see him get married. You know, if we just go into this. Downward spiral so quickly and never, and you know, don't go into that immediate like, not me. I don't know what happened here. So yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, how he talked about serendipitous and got on all of this other. But I do see serendipity as perfection at work, and but we call it serendipitous. We call it oh that's coincidence. Oh that was serendipitous. Oh that was a chance meeting. Oh that was luck. No, not really. That was how it's supposed to go. That's the idea how it's supposed to be. And when we're downtrodden and not living that serendipitous life, that happy, joyous life, that's what's screwed up. 
We should have sit there and go, that's screwed up. Yes. Yes, I'm not screwed up. I'm screwed up. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, not I'm screwed up, but that is screwed up. You know, and I am so well aware of my patterns. You know, I know I'm choosing it. I'm looking at the cancer tumor on the screen going, I don't know, I'm choosing it. But um, I'm not quite ready to choose something different yet. But and I think, it's, I think it's challenging when you know you you want to make a different choice, but you're not sure what the choice is. Because that's sometimes hard to just say, I no longer believe in X. It's e- it's easier, and it's easier for spirit mm-hmm. to work in your life when you are consciously choosing Y or something. Right. Yeah. Versus, I no longer want this. Because as you keep saying, I don't want that, I don't want that, you're still bringing it up. And you're having strong feelings about it. Yes. I don't want that. I don't want that. You're going to keep getting it. Yes. That's a powerful little nugget in the secret, isn't it? Yes. And so it it is challenging. A couple of weeks ago, uh, you and I and a couple of other friends did vision boards and you know, it was interesting for me as I was doing the vision board, I I really got a strong, I didn't know what I was going to do my vision board on when we started. And so as I started seeing images and being open to what they might mean to me and seeing what I was being drawn to, it was like, oh, yeah, well, I've chosen a certain thing, a certain path, a certain um, body of information I want to learn and live and use in my life and doing the vision board helped me choose even more strongly or shape it even more strongly. More this definite. Is, this is what it's gonna look like. Uh-huh. This is this is how I want it to feel. Mm-hmm. So whatever has to happen so that as I'm doing this thing I feel this way. You know, these are the kinds of things I'll be doing. It's like, oh, I put more what's not blinders. tunnel vision. Yeah, mm-hmm. not even so much. I'm not. Yeah, laser. blinders is yeah laser focus. Because blinders is kind of like I'm blocking. The attention is on what you're blocking out. Mm-hmm. I'm putting on blinders because I don't want to see this and I don't want to mm-hmm. do that and I don't. And this is going to keep me going here. But yeah, laser focus is more. I'm really there. It doesn't matter to me what's Everything's over going here on around the side. You. You're not paying attention. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me what's over there. Right. I, I'm just very clear. I like it. Me too. So, uh, serendipity. We're winding down on the last couple of minutes. And, and next week is mysticism. Next week really is mysticism. It really is. It's here. It's now. <laughs> My favorite thing. And I'll be very sure I would love, 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 as Gail King says, somebody to call in and talk about mysticism. And um, there is a uh, movie at the Angelica called Vision. It's the true life story of a German nun that lived in 1908 who was a Christian mystic and was actually um, blessed by the Pope at that time as being a seer and um, doing some different things in homeopathy long before homeopathy had a name. So, um, but I'm always interested in uh, people's story on, on and their ideas on mysticism. And so I look forward to that topic. Thank you for putting it on our list, Tracy. Fabulous. And in the meantime, uh, look for the serendipity. Absolutely. Look for serendipity in your life and ask yourself the question, wow, is this a miracle or what is it that this is responding to from my deepest self? Um, And visit us at GodInMyDay.com. Look for God in your day and that will create serendipity. Yeah. So I think that's it for this week. I hope everybody is uh, having a happy beginning of holidays Mm. and we'll be back next week saying yes to spirit
Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.